Um, some some small housekeeping to start. Uh, this episode is going to come, be the free episode, not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, because I don't think medieval history is going to change that much in the next week. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> this is cutting edge <laughs> stuff. Thank you. Uh, Shut the and- fuck up, Riley. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Just get owned within 40 seconds of start. We've got to wind up the podcast now, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Hello and welcome to your TF for this week. Uh, uh, that cold open was a little peek behind the curtain. And also, if anyone wants to replace Milo, uh, do please send me a DM now. <laughs> mm. um, Milo is I, leaving from the office but, in 15 separate actually, diplomatic bags. <laughs> yeah, actually done. Um, footage will be released of me leaving the Trash Future studio. That's actually just reverse footage of me walking in. Um uh, yeah, no, but actually don't send Riley a DM because that would have been two weeks ago. So now we will have forgotten that because Riley presses the button on the back of his head after every episode that makes him forget everything. That oh, was yeah, said. shit. No, okay. Don't send me a DM. Milo's right. I will have forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am here uh, in studio with Boards Master Nate, the Silver Surfer. Yes, it's me. Uh, I don't know if I like Boards Master Nate. That sounds like it could venture into the uh, inappropriate very quickly, but... <laughs> Well, yes. Like Grandmaster Flash, but just way more boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly more of a Terminator X vibe, anyway. Yeah, well, no, I just love this. Mm. Like, if you didn't know that this, the mixing deck is called the boards, then it could just be like, I have a lot of plywood. Yeah, you're, and you're fucking the master of it. I mean, why not both? True. Mm. Yeah, I do like. I do. I have a lot of wood furniture at home. Yeah. I like wood. So, I mean, wait. Want, say that out loud. Want to get it? Want to get into podcasting? Yeah. Build your own mixer out of press board. <laughs> wood um, future. We also have. <laughs> Wood future. We also have this is us podcasting after the apocalypse, just with equipment we call ourselves from like yeah, sticks like and what on a string. Um, we <laughs> also the sound quality is better. <laughs> we also have Milo calling in from the Edinburgh Fringe, where he's doing his show, Pindos. Uh, we also have Alice. Hello. Yes. Uh, already sounding worse from Glasgow than Milo is in Edinburgh because he has the posh internet. Um, and joining us. Joining us in studio today is Eleanor Yaniga. Eleanor, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me. Eleanor, Eleanor if uh, you don't already know, and if you don't already know, that's goofy. Uh, Eleanor is an academic at LSE who spe- specializes in medieval history and who also runs the blog Going Medieval. Um, and we have brought her here today to talk about a few of the uh, ways in which the history of medieval Europe is used and abused to faci- to build a white nationalist fantasy world. Oh, God, I'm fucking weary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it never ends. It never oh, ends. Oh, don't worry. We've brought in a white nationalist to debate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually super excited for this because we've got, we've riffed so many times about the Picts or whatever, like in on this show, mm. or about, about uh, Knut flailing the sea or things along yeah. those lines. So yeah. now we get to ask all the questions. We get to determine... Are we right in our citations, or have we have we read the Wikipedia page wrong? I'm still so proud of my recurring joke about Trash Future, where we're surfs and we're just making a podcast called Midden's Advent. Oh, that is yes. 
a, a company of thievish Flanders men has di- <laughs> hath disrupted thy plague wagon. <laughs> um, mischievous Saracen Hussein Kesvani, again, because this is a big recording day before we're traveling for the Birmingham Transformed and the Edinburgh Fringe, which have already happened and were great. Um, Hussein is unfortunately not able to join us today, but the mischievous Saracen will be back in force after we are back from those uh, those events, which have already happened, which have already happened, <laughs> which is now. <Yeah. laughs> so, so <laughs> shut up. Stop. Th- th- don't talk to us about continuity. This podcast is basically <laughs> Inception. Yes. Crusading to Time is an Edinburgh for Christmas. An elastic circle. It is. It is. It is. So let's start with um with an easy one, an easy myth of the medieval era. Or how about this? Can you give us a brief outline of what the cartoon version of the medieval era uh, is yeah. that people like Ben Shapiro like to think of when they do their wig history, which draws a direct line from Rome to today with a big stupid dip of dum-dums in the medieval era? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really interesting one because um, medieval people are sort of like a Schrodinger's medieval people. They are simultaneously like just rolling around in the mud and filth and um, incredibly stupid. Um, which, usually there's same. some... World's first podcasters. I mean, <laughs> I know, just really, um, yeah. and in a lot of ways, uh, my biggest inspirations uh, but at the same time they are like a glorious white saviors who went to liberate the Middle East and something about how Vikings are quite good and you can combine those two and it's it's very confusing yeah. so it's um, Richard Tricky Dick the Lionheart <laughs> it is extreme oh my god and Richard the Lionheart um, and so and then, then, then there's like the buzzwords right there is uh, Magna Carta there yeah. is the Norman invasion there's Richard the Lionheart there are the Crusades and mm. you know Deus vault all that and all of this um and that's all kind of like you know a question mark timeline who knows mm-hmm. um and then you know that's all kind of wrapped up in the concept of the dark ages which mm-hmm. is like you know as we all know a very bad time um and so this is a really interesting thing because we are really easy and nonchalant about like kind of throwing around the term dark ages and being like oh this what a bunch of idiots am i right oh man rome was great and then the next day everything was terrible and we were in the dark ages yeah, they didn't even have an ai powered toothbrush <laughs> and can you imagine i mean if i was medieval people i would simply invent germ theory uh, you know <laughs> like extremely like this you know um and what is actually the case is that it's a thousand years and you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about uh and but the reason that we do this and the reason that no one knows what we're talking about is that no one's taught it and so it's like well how are you supposed to know i mean most people when they're taught history at school it's like yeah it's like oh rome was glorious something something and don't you like oh gladiator i'd rather fancy russell crowe's calves uh then everything burnt down i'm not sure what happened something about the crusades and bam the renaissance and like that's basically how they do it yeah it was rome dirt farming and then, and then da vinci exactly and you know and mm. so it's very much like that in and of and itself it, it was is, elon musk and then dirt farming again exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry i've got into the future again i've used my powers for evil it's uh it's extremely like on that way and like it's kind of scary like the 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 elon musk version of the world i mean he he is really working on he's working towards that surf thing you know oh god oh jesus (laughs) just drilling a big underground midden tube under los angeles for the listener i just pointed to the large standing of elon musk that has accumulated yet more stickers and eleanor has reacted to it i extremely did not you know i try to just like banish elon musk from my life generally unless i'm attempting to dunk on him on on twitter or something like Uh that and so you know i try not to see him Uh and you know it got me Got, he got your girl got again. You. I got, got once more. Um, you know, Owned yet again by cardboard. I know. If it's not ruining Grimes, it's you know frightening me <laughs> uh-huh. through cardboard cutouts. 
But uh, Sire, we are sorry to report like... that Lord Elon de Moose Tunnel has unfortunately become a conduit for Navy Boersman. <laughs> Like, I mean, the whole, the whole, uh, you know, the, the Elon Musk is very much like ignoring medieval history because he's extremely the type of dude who would ignore it because there is this tendency now that anytime anyone believes in religion, we just go, oh, what a fucking moron. How could they ever have believed anything? And because uh, medieval Europeans are largely Christian. Has he Christian, not heard of Neil deGrasse Tyson? <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Neil deGrasse Tyson, the bane of every medieval historian's existence. Yeah. It's just. If only they fucking loved science. I mean. Remember when we invented being smart? Yeah. I know. They're just like, these fucking like idiots. It's, you know, the Romans and, knew how to do it. <laughs> then, they, then it was forgotten. Yeah, it's like, and the, the thing is, so, so everyone loves the Romans. Everyone's constantly just dryjacking about the Romans, and like the fact that they were like a slave state that is completely predicated on subjugating anyone nearby you, and then like killing the entire population of bears in Europe for sport. Like that's chill. Mm. We love that because yeah, like absolutely. mosaics. Yeah, yeah well, it's like that, bears. We're an anti-bear podcast. Suck a dick, <laughs> Pro twink podcast only. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, but we seem, it, it seems that to be, like, there is this, the medieval history serves a, du- a dual purpose to Whiggish liberal, Whiggish liberal techno fetishists, yeah. not a techno fetishist like me who likes techno music, mm-hmm. but a tech fetishist who thinks that we have to Uberize everything. Yes. It's, so for them, it serves the purpose of this is what happened when we didn't have everyone doing STEM. Yeah. And then for, <laughs> um, for white nationalists, it's like, yeah, this is what this is the our humble beginnings from which we rose up to just really start um uh murdering every brown person. So this is like the great divergence theory, right? Where in 14 in the in the 15th century Europe stops being medieval and then starts being orders of magnitude better than everywhere else. Yeah, and it's like a really what just happens around, you know, the 15th century is that uh, white people figured out how to get in a boat and kill other people uh, other than just each other. And like, uh, congrats, well done. Jared um, Diamond says it's because there are lots of rivers and mountains <laughs> oh in Europe. I mean, it's... What if the I, real I, Middle Ages were the friends we made along the way? <laughs> <laughs> well, I keep thinking about this too, is the extent to which uh, Europe being kind of hypothesized as completely white and free of immigrants and completely homogenous uh, is this mythology that mm. gets bandied about by white nationalists because the idea that you know this is this is the natural state of beings and that you know the what we should strive for is an original ethno state or something mm. like that mm-hmm. when as far as I understand and obviously my, my reading of it is pretty limited I've read a Barbara Tuckman book here and there but that's about hey, it well uh, is that it never was homogenous, no, not at all, no. and, and there was constant migration. Basically, there there's never been a period where there wasn't migration. Oh yeah, and it's like there, you have series upon series of migration. I mean, even if you're just going to talk about England, which I try not to, uh, because I mean, I you know the European Peninsula it's a backwater in the medieval period anyway. So like my why I am yeah, obsessed with in the with medieval it. period. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then like the island of Britain is a backwater within medieval Europe. Like this is extremely not where things are going on, but because of colonialism yay, uh, and the ability of Britons to take over the world in the modern period, we pay a lot of attention to English medieval history. Um, and so, like, again, I try not to, but it's a, also a good case in point because it's like, you know, you've got, you know, your picts and your jutes and your angles and your Celts and everyone. There's, you know, these layers upon layers of migration. Then you have the Anglo-Saxons come over from Geatland. Then you have the Vikings come over. Then you have the Danes who are like just Danes, not Vikings this time. It's like Danes to less Viking, less furious. Yes. And then like bikes and their meatballs coming <laughs> exactly. over to our medieval England. 
and then and then like so for a while England is like under the Dane law and then you have the Normans come in and then you know they are kind of Viking kind of French you I know say, and then take our own laws back <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, Dane like, law. and then they like subjugate everyone and then it, you know for the most part I mean really if you think about it England is kind of like mm, a backwater state of like the Normans it's like you know they'll always sign everything that they they write it's always like oh I'm the king of England and I'm the duke of Normandy and the two things are kind of like as important as each other that's how you get the hundred years war it's because French people <laughs> ruled England not because like English people had like some kind of claim to French Wait, really like, I, I thought it was because we summoned um, the World War Two spirit and oh yeah it was <laughs> uh, 11th century oh yeah it was just extremely like uh, the blitz spirit and um, we all planted a victory garden and yeah, something, absolutely. something it was Winston, mm. Winston Church Winston Churchill's prequel I will say well the French were triggered by us being too damn logical was the <laughs> my uh, yeah. the, 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 my bit of medieval trivia is about what they called the free companies in the hundred years war that were basically a bunch of rage vets who just were like I, I miss oh, yeah, doing I plunder love these guys. and they just they just plundered anyone they're like if, if no one is hiring us to do plunder we'll just do plunder on our own and just All plunder of the shit out of France made us do plunder <laughs> exactly it's like I'm a freelance plunderer now well, there, was, there was one of them who had uh, enamel they on his breastplate the means en- of plunder production <laughs> enemy of god <laughs> enemy of piety enemy of pity I mean oh, that's hard saying but mm. you know like damn try that grunt style <laughs> Wait, they were the first rappers <laughs> yeah okay uh, so I'm, I've got I've, I've spent a, a little while digging up a little a few bits of very fun writing about the medieval era from oh, yeah. a combination of quote unquote capital M medievalists who are the bane of uh, the, the discipline, apparently. <laughs> yes, that's um, true. And also some popular journalists like James Dellingpole. You Dellingpaw. only adopted medieval studies. <laughs> I was born in them. <laughs> uh, well, um, I was born in the I, let's say I was born in the world that white men built because our first um, st- our first myth is going to be the easy one. White men built uh, the modern world by building Europe. Mm, yeah. So mm. this is an and interesting one. Yeah. And, the pyramids and uh, or or was it aliens? Because it's not like brown people can it build was, things. It I was don't the know. Irish, but the it, Irish were the aliens. It was yeah. Irish people from inside the moon. Uh-huh. Uh, just, Sorry. So, uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, so the concept of white doesn't exist in the medieval period is like the first and important thing to get across there. It, like the sort of it, it's not as though, you know, they couldn't be what we would call racist on occasion. Cause like, watch them. They'll try. Uh, if you come across things, but their major thing is like, you're either a Christian or you're not. So you're a Christian or you're a Muslim or you are Jewish and, or you're pagan. And that's kind of how they see the world. And it's sort of this or that there is no kind of idea that, they are building a world. They are. They kind of see themselves as on the edge of the world. If you look at any of their little maps of the world, Jerusalem's the center of the world. They're way out on the edge. There's Africa. They know there's something going on in Asia. Quick question. Did I don't actually know this. Did they know that there was a large population of Christians in Africa? They do know that, and they, they are really in- interested in it, too. There's this guy. Presser um, John. Presser John. Right? Yeah. 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 Presser John. And they're like, um, I think, yeah, that it's um, the Second Crusade. They're, they are really sure he's going to come from Ethiopia and back them up to take everything back again um and then spoiler alert it doesn't happen uh so yeah it's yeah yeah. shame for them i know i don't know i was really looking forward to seeing the film (laughs) i know i'm sorry like i mean huge spoiler alerts throughout all of this we're gonna have to put it at the beginning um no one ever does the second crusade as a film do they it's always like the first crusade or no, it's always just the first crusade. Yeah. I, I wanted them to make a film about the children's crusade where they're uh, led by, <laughs> by Sir Jeffrey of Epstein. <laughs> oh, God. Nate. 
Well, I mean, do not edit that out. Leave that in. You cowards. Um, but yeah, so it's like they, they're, they're real clear on the fact that other people exist, but it's like the concept of those people being like uh, another, like, oh, well, those people are, you know, quote unquote black or brown or something. Not so much. That's not like what their concern is. Their concern is people's religion. Um, and they don't really build the world do they they like you know have got their own stuff going on you know they've got like hey i, I i'm a huge fan of medieval things obviously in, in that i chose to ruin my life by studying them all the time but um you know what's going on in the medieval period definitely affects our society and it's like set us up for a lot of the social things that are going on for us now but i mean what was going on in china is a lot more complex than what is going on in you know the european middle i mean like the middle east come on the middle east is like where it's at i mean if if, you know, for my money, if you're going to put a gun to my head and you're going to make me go and live in the medieval world using this terrible time machine of ours, mm. um, I'm choosing Spain yeah. uh, because that's an actual like real multicultural society where women are allowed to do stuff. And, um, you know, there's a lot of good food going on and they got olive oil and stuff mm. like that's where you want to go uh, in terms of Europe. But otherwise, like you really want to live in the Middle East or China or something like that, because that's like where the good standard of living is. Yeah, and, like you know, Baghdad, uh, women oh, founding God, universities. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. And uh so and that's where you spend a lot of time getting education and knowledge and stuff from the east into the west usually via Spain and then it goes into Spain and then Interesting. They, so yeah. here's a counterpoint from what you said from uh, <laughs> oh. Rachel Fulton Brown. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> from her from her essay, Three Cheers for White Men. Uh. One. When white women see Marie de France and Eleanor of Aquitaine invented chivalry and courtly love, white men agreed it was better for knights to spend their time protecting women. Is it the original so, women protectors? So the fun thing about uh, these, yeah. this is everything about that is wrong. Uh, and, uh, so like, uh, when, and it's it's really interesting. Welcome to Trash Street, I know, right? Uh, like, here here's my deal: is that a courtly love, like the concept of courtly love, is actually what we mistake for chivalry all the time. Chivalry is famously nothing to do with women at all whatsoever. It's a code it, of conduct for like. For knights. fighting, yeah, yeah, and it's mm. like it's not and, and it's other knights, right? Yeah, like you burn down a village and be like mad chivalrous. Yeah, it's like and it's <laughs> only fellas, all it does is, it is to be chivalrous to the other knights. <laughs> <laughs> you are respecting a dude. It's like yeah, because that's the thing is it's all about yeah. like how you respect dudes and and, uh-huh. and again and only knightly dudes. Like uh-huh. you know, fuck that village. We, you know, yeah. there's twelve more where it came from, and like why would I even go to war if I couldn't burn a village or two? You know, and that's all it's about. Um, it's like that and respecting God. Uh, who famously loves a good village burning Uh, and um, also like your fealty to your lord nothing to do with women not a damn thing to do with women courtly love has a lot to do with women and um, it has absolutely nothing to do with like protecting them or having romantic feelings for them it's basically was invented because knights were sitting around in their lord's household they got a lot of time on their hands and they make eyes at like the ladies in the house and like they write each other poetry about how they want a bone and like that's what courtly love so it was is dick pics it's it completely was medieval dick, pics. dick pics and it's yeah. like it is it's saucy stuff like they're a hundred percent like writing they're like hey girl i want to bone you really oh man like if your husband stops watching us for five minutes we'll get down to it hope god forgives me like you know i hate when i get a parchment that just says you up it's like that's extremely what's going on like all of courtly love pretty much is about women who are married and unmarried guys it's like there and none of this has to do blocked by king mark exactly it's just like (laughs) you're saying that even even in the medieval period there was a wife's boyfriend of sorts oh (laughs) Oh my god i just realized that means that all of the like deus vault knights these guys idolize literal cucks oh yeah oh yeah. yeah 
it's like there's so much cucking going on like it's like and they love it they love a good they for them that is also like champagne humor like yeah. if you ever sit down and uh read the canterbury tales which you should because they're basically a bunch of sex stories like every single story is about how a wife is going to manage to cuck her husband like that's what they're about <laughs> and they're like oh a uh, girl i'm gonna climb up this pear tree and bone you <laughs> while your blind husband sits below and they're like sucker ribald you know so here's i'd like to actually wow, take I this as i've an- seen that video <laughs> <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to take this as an opportunity to segue on to the Was next myth we're going to explode. Um, let's try this one on for size. LGBT people were invented in the 1960s. In the medieval era was a time when men were men and women were pregnant. Uh, you have triggered my hollering about the Roman Emperor Elagabalus card here. Oh, he's tapped <laughs> it. And four mana. It's, she's going in. Yeah. She's going in. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, famously, the Greeks also never did any homosexuality no. of any kind. I mean, certainly no dressing no. as women. That never happened. Only I've... Epstein shit, which was not gay. <laughs> A hundred percent. The the whole the whole thing. Like so. Like is there there isn't a concept of being gay like we have one now because medieval people are not like oh well there you're kind of got a fixed or immutable sexuality. What they're like is if you do things then you're a sodomite. Now the fun thing about that is like a sodomy, uh, which shout out. <laughs> to a real one um, so, like, yeah who here likes sodomy to like, my man laughing because he knows get, get, get on twitter and smash that sodomy button <laughs> like, like follow and sodomize just I mean, have the F key on my keyboard for the Sunday podcast. Yeah. <laughs> for respects, I mean that like, literally my entire Twitter feed is just being like me literally once a day being like sodomy is not just butt stuff, guys. Guys, is anyone listening? Hello. Um, so basically, sodomy is any kind of sex that doesn't result in pregnancy or can't result in pregnancy. So interfemoral hand stuff, mouths, definitely shout out to butts. But uh, having said that, it's just like all the good stuff. Well, the butt and, stuff is a is a like a, a later uh, Victorian uh, yeah. and earlier English legal tradition of where the standard for criminal sodomy was raised so high that it had to involve penetration and ejaculation, and there had to be witnesses, which. <laughs> Sounds hot. You had to be involved in a and live you, stage And you'd be able to fire up a daguerreotype in time. Essentially. I, I mean, like, okay. call me. I call uh, but mm. as witness to the stand, Brazzers.com. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brazzers was a pamphlet at the time. Um, so, yes. so, so yeah. Uh, so basically, you could be a sodomite um, if you uh, if you're two like cis married people and you decide to give your husband a blowjob. Bang, you're both sodomites. Mm. Okay, there and there are like degrees in that. They do get a bit weirder about like gay people doing gay stuff, but they're also like um, it's not like one of those things where they're like, oh, this doesn't happen. They definitely know what happens. And usually, what happens is if you get in trouble for doing gay shit, they like warn you. And so, like for example, you'll have laws from Italian city states that'll be like. Look, the seventh time you get caught <laughs> doing sodomy, that's what it's like. There's like a fine that goes up. It's like what? It's like oh, five florins, ten florins, twelve florins, fifteen florins. Look, man, you, you said, have to like want to get caught. Yeah, it's like, and it's more just, and more charges. Yo, is it is it gay if you fuck your homies more than six times? Fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and I mean, the, the issue with this is, too, that it can be confusing, especially if you don't, you know, spend all of your time thinking about medieval sex, which apparently other people don't. I don't know. I've been informed that's an option, but um, I chose not to go down that road. But uh, you, so you can be confused because also you'll use sodomite to mean like, uh, for example, pedophiles. So if we will have records that will say, oh, and we killed the sodomite because he was doing sodomy and it makes it look like, oh, they were really hard on gay people. But if you actually look further into that there, it's like, yeah, he was raping eight year old boys. Yeah. Then they were like, no, we're not having that. And so. 
it makes it really easy to say, oh, yeah, it's this world where they don't tolerate the gay stuff. And it's like, nah, there's extremely like nuns writing each other hot letters about like each other's tits. Oh, dude, um, sign me you yeah, it's like I mean, I'm it's just hot. imagining <laughs> like Sir Geoffroy of Epstein with his like you know hotshot medieval <laughs> lawyer who's successfully pleading the technicality that he'd only sodomized six children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's fam- famously, um, uh, of course, a um, a monk, um, brother Stephen Pinker, was noted oh, to have God. ridden on his chariot. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Stephen Pinker notes that Sir Geoffroy's uh, official royal train has only but six seats. <laughs> <laughs> Riding on John Geoffroy Epstein's palanquin. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Okay. Okay. So here's another thing I want to ask, though. Um, yeah. is also about gender uh, because, as you know, um, male and female associated with the man and woman gender roles that's mm. basically been around forever and we invented diverting from that very oh. recently oh lord of course yeah, of right course, yeah and <laughs> it's they, like, they so, were all trad wives back then yeah, even the men everyone was a trad wife um obviously and uh, every girl was a gamer girl yeah, <laughs> they're all um, you know they were like parchment girls instead of e girls. I can't, I can't so believe the beautiful. holy roman emperor fell headfirst into a stream of gamer girl water and died yeah <laughs> Okay, uh, fellas, is it gay to vape gamer girl? I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, it's the but the the like a thing that is interesting in the medieval period is like definitely mm, gender roles exist, but there is like a kind of concepts of transness that a lot of my colleagues are doing like a cool work on now, and it's especially like I mean it's in not a way where you want to go woo though because mm. it's usually women becoming men well, and it's, it's usually like, a way that you want to go woo now so yeah <laughs> it's like it's extremely you know like how in some of the buddhist sutras like women can gain can gain enlightenment if they first turn into men uh it's the same thing but for saints mm. so it'll be like um women who just they want to be holy real bad and um then someone wants to marry them usually there's usually some pagan who wants to marry them right and then they like pray real hard to god and god is like bam you got a beard now bitch you're a man and they're like, oh, it's a miracle. It's holy as hell. Yeah. And so there's like a whole lot of uh, women becoming men in the medieval period. And that's like, well done. You did it, girl. Mm. Now you aren't polluted by the sin of Eve. Or you're so holy now. Yeah. Um, Damn, talk about glow up. I know. <laughs> and, and like, I mean, it's one of these things, too, where that's actually what they got Joan of Arc on. They didn't get her on, like, um, you Much know. Much like a poem, they got her on tax evasion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, my girl's tax evasion was uh, she was dressing like a man. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they got her on that, not on, um, you know, speaking to God or whatever it was she did. So they, they were like, yeah, she's going around dressed like a man. You can't do that. So they maybe do. Some of these, maybe some of these modern women today instead of constantly going on about feminism you know just did what women in the past did and sucked it up and became men then we wouldn't have some of these problems i mean <laughs> we have we society. not consi- you know if i was a medieval woman i would simply become a man one more time mm. you know it's like that was an option that was freely available <laughs> that's the thing ben, ben shapiro uh, in saying there are only two genders is not actually going far enough there is only one gender and it's, <laughs> exactly. and it's the fellas <laughs> and, and that is kind yeah. of a, that not is really. a in some ways, they're grasped with things because it is, you know, I, I mean, no one really thought the Bible was literally real. They were they were down with allegory. Martin Luther's got a lot to answer for for this whole like the Bible is literally real thing. But there is this idea that like the a priori, everything is a man, which goes back to Aristotle and that like women are kind of like not like a men. Yeah, they're like of men. not men. Essentially, what is this? It? Like they're like inverted men or deformed men or like something like that. But also it's like the idea if we want to be like, oh, and then medieval gender roles are what? <laughs> 
is what uh, forms everything. It's like the way that we thought about gender roles is totally different then, where it's like, don't get me wrong, women should stay home and shut up. I mean, am I right? Am I right? Yeah. Man, am I right? But um, part of the reason they have to stay home and shut up is because they are the sexually aggressive ones. Oh, yes. In the medieval This comes period. from something that we spoke about recently, actually, mm. which is that there, and I think this is going to, as the episode goes on, this is going to come out a little bit more, which is that they were considered sexually aggressive and that the idea of women being sort of sexually prudish is sort of actually extremely comparatively recent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because basically, if you look at the way that uh, women are treated over time, it's like, what's the bad thing? Uh, yeah, that's the ladies are like that. And, yeah. you know, for medieval people, since they were trying real hard to be Christian and everything, being horny was like not the thing. Yeah. So therefore, women are the horny Much ones. like podcasts now. <laughs> <laughs> when you know, but she keeps succubus. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not, but she keeps sodomizing. Oh. And, and, and this is the thing, right? Is that it is seen that like women in particular are really into sodomy, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it's like, oh, well, yes, please. It, like if you can do anything other than stick a penis in a vagina, it's like you're doing that sodomy. So it's like women are the ones who are really pushing for sodomy a lot. And, yeah. you know, in a most unholy way. And I mean, in this. Women pe- be pushing. I mean, women be pushing. They push for sodomy. I mean, the, again, the call me. Uh, yeah. Back then, the, there the, weren't no the, shops. <laughs> the antiquity version of this I like is that like um, being too horny is effeminate because it's yeah. like being governed by your passions. Exactly, and it's like men, of course, are famously rational. Mm. Uh, you know, like and they so, were- haven't you listened to TriggerPod, <laughs> fellas? Is it gay to be horny too often? I mean, like, <laughs> yes, it literally is. It distracts you from your stem. I mean, otherwise, uh, you know, ideally, men would have been spending all their time debating Ben Shapiro, really. Mm, yeah. so, Who, you in know, many ways, was the Aristotle of our time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, horrible about women and constantly in my face. Yeah. 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 Mm, so story I, checks out. But it's what what's happened, really, is I think... Um, a combination of Victori- Victorian fables mm-hmm. about about morality um, have then informed 1970s, 80s, and 90s sitcom writers like on King of Queens. And now what we have is, is again, an idea that stretches back into eternity about women, women being prudish and men being horny and chasing after them that is actually a relatively recent invention, but that is cast as something that is eternally and fundamentally true, and that in modernity, we have diverged from these eternal fundamental truths, and that we need to go back to what is natural. Yeah, that's the natural state, and that we're we're being was wanton in somehow straying from that. Like, it's it's a weirdly fundamentalist sort of concept, but instead of ascribing it to a fundamentalist doctrine based on like a religious document instead mm-hmm. it's just sort of like oh but you you know this is how naturally how it all is and yeah. it, it's kind of appealing to this almost even more sinister sort of essentialism yeah and, and there's this idea that there's kind of an immutable thing way that things were and that somehow the victorians figured it out it's very interesting yeah, because they they, mm. they had all kinds of they had all kinds mm. of clever calipers they, they could figure out a lot about a person <laughs> uh, the victorians were just an intensely normal group of guys who believed I mean, in the fellas and trying not to get too horny about your table legs it's just you know uh, so I wanted to say let's 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 jump topics a little bit because I've got another one for us that I, re- I really enjoy and that's portraying the medieval world as containing the nations that make up the world now so Englishness Frenchness or whatever as meaningful concepts and I have a reading for us this oh, is one you sent me actually America of course yes obviously mm-hmm. uh, America the who actually did the best they're the best swords but the problem is their swords were automatic um, so uh, <laughs> Jake, 
Jacob Rees-Mogg, in seeking to make a positive case for Brexit, has told a... Ch- the problem is not swords, it's mental health. Oh, God. Ja- Jacob Rees-Mogg, this is in seeking folks, to... This is very different from a battlefield sword, okay? Completely different. The handle is a different shape, folks. This is just going, I did not carry a spy hander around the uh, me- me- medieval, Trump, medieval Trump voice is, is, <laughs> it, it contains <laughs> so yeah. many opportunities. So, sorry, it's, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be medieval Pete Buttigieg, it would be uh, Pete Buttigieg, the sheriff. Oh, mm. Sheriff Pete Buttigieg, who is now trying to be made Holy Roman Emperor. He's just like pictured holding the sword blade side, hilt pointed <laughs> outwards. I, 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 did, I did not bring war to the Saracen lands for the same war to be visited upon mine. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so. Uh, Jake, Jacob Rees-Mogg, in seeking to make a po- positive case for Brexit, told a cheering crowd, quote, we need to be reiterating the import- benefits of Brexit because this is so important in the history of our country. Quote, this is the Magna Carta. It's the Burgesses coming to Parliament. It's the Great Reform Bill. It's the Bill of Rights, Waterloo, Agincourt, and Cressy. We win all of these things. Someone in the crowd then yelled Trafalgar, prompting Mr. Rees-Mogg to add, yes, and Trafalgar too, absolutely. We win Magna Carta? Yeah, yeah we won the Magna Carta. Just, it was I a mean, scratch-off ticket. To be fair, uh, the Rees-Mogg's might have won at Magna well, Carta because possibly, all yeah. it had to do was, like, I, I just, Magna Carta. Uh, because Magna Carta has absolutely nothing to do with anything other than, like, getting no, security rights actually, for no It, 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 it gets constitutional Magna- lawyers excited today. That's yeah. it. The Magna Carta is actually what allows people to say slurs online. (laughs) (laughs) It's about freedom. It's uh, and uh, you know it's uh, really beautiful. Um, so tell so, us about the Magna Carta. See, what was it really? I, well, I assume yeah. because from this, I just assume it's when England decided it was going to be the most rational, free country, and <laughs> yeah, it's like it's King a stu- John just unveiling this big parchment that says "triggered much." <laughs> uh, uh, King John just like uh, guys, it's totally cool to say it if uh, that race uses it too. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, King John making the soy face. <laughs> The, mag- <laughs> the Magna Carta King John, is just the text. King John if it's is it- like, it's fine as long as you're reading along with the Saracen pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, My- Milo, due to lag, you got there before me. Um, I feel so. Yeah, Magna Carta. Fun Wait, how times. How could I get for- there before you due to lag? Because you were a- He's in just the side. Never mind. Excuses now. Not the opposite of what lag does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually this podcasting mouse that I have. Doesn't have the DPI. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> my ping. My ping is too oh. slow. Oh. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Please carry on. <laughs> so, and, th- and this is much like Magna Carta in that um, it also is something that no one would understand and only appeals to about five people. Um, so, Magna Carta basically, um, the nobles were kind of pissed off that the king was lording it over them pretty good. And they were like, we're going to fight you, bro. And he was like, nah, brah. And they were like, actually, yeah, we are, brah, unless you sign this document that says that we get to keep our shit and you don't get to take it. And he was like, Seems legit. So That's the king what- was like, "I have stomachache. I, I, bo- I'm bored. I couldn't fight you. My friends were holding me back. Yeah, Dude, exactly. you are lucky. I'm on parole, and my kids here. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Fi- why don't you find me? In- why don't you find me next month, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I was fighting all mm-hmm. night last night. You know, yeah. so basically, yeah. and it doesn't do anything except secure land rights for the nobility, and that's all it does. And it has like no, there is much like trickle down economics doesn't work. Trickle down rights for the nobility doesn't work. I mean, like I hate to break it to you, people were still serfs. So it's like you know, eighty five percent. I know, <laughs> but, it, but it, it does get touted as like this this 
item of the genius of European civilization and that it's somehow singular and that it's, you know, that, that yeah, those well, damn like spin- lawyers fucking love habeas corpus from that. And it, yeah. it was a fiction then and it is now, but basically, you know, you can find similar things like, for example, in like, you know, Chinese culture or um, with the Russia Kutras in India, things like that. Like usually the nobility do have rights. Usually. And in fact, the fact that they were getting trodden kind of over here in England is just more proof that England is a backwater. And it's like that shit would not fly on the continent. In reality, the Magna Carta was a a peace treaty between two armed camps that sort of prevented or stopped a war. It was it was not a universal recognition of inherent rights. It was a concession made to prevent a war. No, it was was literally a big letter. They did it on a huge piece of paper, like a Donald Trump signing a charity check. (laughs) Yeah. Then they hugged it. (laughs) And this is why we protect our rights to carry a mace in public. That's why we protect our rights. So let's also talk about Agincourt as well. Uh, Because Brexit, if Brexit's not like this thing where we just signed it to prevent a war between a few like landed people who had land disputes, what about Agincourt? Surely that's a lot like Brexit. I I, I was literally thinking about. My favorite Agincourt thing is the speed of institutional learning within the French nobility of uh, having the Battle of Cressy, having a bunch of Welsh dudes with longbows kill everyone of mm. any rank in France just effortlessly. And then decades later, they do the exact same thing again. <laughs> and nobody is even like. Because of chivalry, yo. Mm. Like, it's just like, that's not chivalrous, bro. Like, <laughs> and then they're like, nah, nah. Like, because no. I mean, like, basically, war for rich people, like, not, not to, not, not to not. nerd out, but like, you find yourself <laughs> sympathizing with the longbow. Because on the one hand, you have all of these fancy lads deciding, oh, we just line up and we charge over Fight this uphill bomb. in the mud. <laughs> and then some shit covered well and be like, actually, I prefer to just kill these people. I mean, it's like, in very many ways, it is the proletariat rising up, man. Mm. Like, it's, it's just like... It was a- the original quickscoping. I, <laughs> I just love the idea of just, like, getting getting slaughtered by a longbow and trying to charge up a hill in full armor in the mud. It's like, actually, doesn't this make you the true fascist? Your inability to engage in the form of yeah, ideas. Classic longbow fallacy. Yeah, the, lo- the uh, in, an inability to fight in hand-to-hand I, I, combat on the battlefield. I was, of yeah, I was when you brought up Agincourt, I was so happy because in the back of my head, when you briefly mentioned it before, I thought of Donald Trump trying to make fun of the French nobility about you know fighting in armor against longbowmen. And imagine medieval Trump voice, but complaining about like, oh, they're very weak, they're not strong at all, they can't even move in that armor, they're drowning in that armor, folks. You hate to see it, they're so weak. Yeah, it's it's just, just Trump voice <laughs> within a big suit of mail. <laughs> it's like it's like way too large for him it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like great. for some reason it's got a tie no no one understands what's happening oh yeah that's Folks, that's something i'd like to see very bad christmas party look can, there was not a someone... single playboy playmate at that christmas party i went there folks saturnalia celebration very bad very uh, bad can one of our this is a lis- listener mission which again by the time this episode comes out i will forget but what, can one of the one of the many um, artists and and illustrators who follows us please draw Do- Donald Trump in an oversized suit of medieval armor charging up a hill in Agincourt? I think, ben I think that'd be has really funny. Done this. I mean, uh, you know, I do sleep sometimes. You know, uh-huh. I can't just be writing down Donald Trump wank fantasies. You know, yeah, please, but... please, someone do that. 
Please, please do it. I want to know what he looks like in armor. Dude, Don, Donald Trump is King John of Bohemia being tied to his horse blind and charged I mean, shout out to a real one. Yeah. Like, I mean, so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah that, that's like one of my favorite stories because his son, uh, Charles IV, is like extremely, extremely my boy. Um, and <laughs> it was like, and he was so stoked pretty much that his dad was finally dead because he was just a famous asshole who just like went around like basically participating in jousts and like getting involved in wars just because that was his deal. And and it was like, finally, you're dead. Well, you know, like, yeah, tie your horse onto another horse, you blind idiot. Bye. And it's like very <laughs> fun. But I mean, yeah, all those things like Agincourt and Chrissy asked like, you know, oh, well, this is what we do. We win. It's like, again, I mean, I guess it maybe is a metaphor for Brexit because, yeah, it's like some rich guys who are going to benefit while a bunch of poor people die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. story checks out. Story checks out. Yeah, uh, but it's like you know, it's it's one of these things where I mean, fundamentally, this is a rich guy property dispute. That's the only thing that's going on in the Hundred Years' War. Cressy and Agincourt are cool because Welsh Longbowmen got to kill some rich people, and I'm extremely pro uh, that. But I mean, at the end of the day, what the complaint there and what the innovation is is they they kind of like suspend chivalry so you need to decide if you're like ooh, chivalry white men built the modern world which i'm extremely sure reese moggs would tell you is true or Agincourt and cressy are these great you know things that we overcame things because it's suspending the rules of chivalry because chivalry just meant that only poor people died during wars while the rich guys play rich guy tag and you're just like <laughs> aha got you you're coming home with me yeah having a timeshare in the kingdom of france but, but also, I, I laugh, too, because the idea that Jacob Rees-Mogg is going to invoke Sorry, the Battle of Agincourt about talking about British ingenuity and winning, and it's like, hmm, uh, you were unprepared for what you're going to face, and you wound up getting slaughtered en masse. It doesn't sound anything like the three British invasions of Afghanistan to me at all. <laughs> so it's like the idea that this is somehow this you know innate concept that that we just we win all the time it's like uh there are a lot of losing too also, yeah. correct me if i'm wrong yeah. but weren't the welsh longbowmen incredibly physically fucked up by being longbowmen oh yeah oh yeah, One yeah. giant arm <laughs> just incredibly jacked skeletons still and the, it's Welsh, like, the Welsh longbowmen just jizzing on the French army from a great eye. <laughs> <laughs> One incredibly Welsh, jacked up. If you see some of the reconstructions of the Welsh longbowmen or English longbowmen, like the way they would look like when they've rebuilt them from skeletons, they look like the Chad meme. Like, uh, yeah. they actually <laughs> look like Chad. <laughs> the virgin. The virgin. The, the virgin knight versus, versus the, the Chad, Chad longbowmen. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> and he fucking your wife, uh, which is, yeah, it's it, that's that's what I mean. I imagine that must fun. get really frustrating, though, to see that invoked. Oh, as- yeah. And it's like it's, it's always him and Boris. They're always saying something really ridiculous about history. And also people let them write history books. It's I don't know. We're going to talk about Jacob Rees-Mogg's book on the Victorians yeah. as soon as we can find a copy. It's not easy. We to don't, we, we don't want to pay for yeah, a copy. Jacob Go Rees-Mogg is such a fascinating nerd because like he grew up in the 80s, but like he just like loves like stuff. He like acts like a fucking like steam mill owner. Uh, like it's like yeah. he, like naturally he should be a Duran Duran fan, but for some reason he's just like obsessed with like cosplaying the Corn Laws. Like none of it makes any sense. <laughs> It's kind of like he got stuck in LARPing somewhere along the way. And I think that that's well, maybe what wealth demise. allows you to do. You never have to like get beyond that. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, he was he he was 13 in 1981 when he appeared in that dumb photo of him in like a double breasted suit with a monocle. And it's like, 
That is child abuse in a very real <laughs> sense, isn't it? I mean, a lot of people, that's just their theater face and they grow out of it. But, yeah, you he's know. a thesp. He's yeah. just a thesp. He, he shouldn't have been given a capital fund or a position of power. He should have been given a one-man show. <laughs> it's just, so yeah. I've, I've got another one. Yeah. Uh, and this is more cultural. Uh, portraying the medieval world as anything other than white, male, violent, and atavistic is just, quote, forced diversity. Take this piece from very sexually normal man James Dellingpole um, in a Spectator article entitled, Forget the BBC, Only Channel 5 Does Pauper Documentaries These Days. I love, by the way, nah, these an, days. an interjection. Nah. An, Am I right? An, an interjection. Um, if anyone, here's a little uh, trash future secret. A great way to find articles is just to search in quotes the phrase these days on Google News for the headlines. Oh, it I is like so-called experts. It's always gold. Um, so, the BBC doesn't do bread and butter documentaries anymore. Almost invariably, Dellingpole writes, almost invariably, the agenda overwhelms the content. So, for example, if it's history, it has to be presented by a woman or an ethnic minority and skewed with a politically correct uh, message. I, I saw David Olasoga on TV twice and now I'm blackpilled. <laughs> a classic example was King Arthur's Britain, The Truth Unearthed on BBC Two the other week. It lined up me early medieval experts to explain to us uh, how our glorious past national identity was much more fluid than it is now, and everyone was much more comfortable absorbing uh, vibrant different cultures. Gosh, what could the subtext possibly have been? And it's like, I'm just so upset to learn that history exists. That's yeah. like basically mm. what the complaint is here. Why and isn't it like the storybooks? I, and, and it is like <laughs> he's a canon nerd. <laughs> he's going he's going to like the sci-fi convention and he's asking factual style questions of William Shatner. Yeah. It, it's just, <laughs> James Danny Paul is like, I only watch documentaries where we go around a medieval village and there's a small worm in a hat and glasses that explains to me what each of the different <laughs> serfs do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, really, I mean, it's Busy like... Hand. It's like some, it, it, it's somewhere between yeah. watching the first the first season of Blackadder or reading like a Just William book, and they've decided that's what it was like. That's all it yeah. was. Yeah, Get out of here with your facts. My feelings <laughs> need protecting. And it's like I mean, it is one of these Wait, things every where every here black pilled at her. Where it's just, oh. every, every time Baldrick comes up with a plan, he's like, "There's no point. We're all dead." <laughs> uh, someone make that. I feel like uh, the thing the thing is with um you know imaginary medieval history is it's a bunch of white dudes sitting around and I don't occasionally there's a woman right there's like Maid Marian right it's it's all Robin Hood mm. and it's a bunch of dudes and like a woman pops up you know in these people's heads it's you know it, Tolkien's got a lot yeah. to take for this but you know those are all like war stories theoretically um so the idea is that history is only something that is done. By great men mm. to other people, and that's the only thing that's worth talking about. Whereas the truth is, you know, eighty-five percent of people are peasants, right? In the medieval period, that's so like everybody. Um, I hate to break it to everyone, women were always half the people. It's like what? <laughs> no. Like, well, I thought just, you guys were invented by feminism. I thought that's what feminism was. I, know, right? like, I don't want to read history when there's chicks. Oh, and it's like you I know, only want to read about big, is. strong men, manly men. <laughs> Men with horses and big muscles. <laughs> and it's like... Fellas, so it's, is it gay to do history to other dudes? <laughs> Yo, I only do history from below. It's and like, it, wait, you study history? That's kind of sus. You're reading great man theory? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, um, top, topping from history from below. <laughs> uh, uh, episode title. It's, Jesus. it's just... Also, like the complaint that, oh, a, a minority or a woman is always presenting it. It's like, yeah, bro, the majority of people who take history degrees are women now. Sorry. Like, remember how you're like constantly telling us to learn to code and that we wasted our life because we did a history degree well we we did a history degree man yeah like sorry about it's it al it's almost as mm -hmm. though 
it's almost as though the goalposts change because it was never about the th- no that sorry that uh, couldn't no. be it they said mm. they were rational and logical and that they <laughs> like i forgot <laughs> but sorry. I mean, the other thing is too like to to bring up here i guess is that also i mean the concept of like some like one pure bunch of white people doesn't exist either because people were moving around a lot and people did move around a lot because that's how you got goods from one place to another people had to go with it it wasn't like you couldn't stick a box on a plane and you know it didn't show it's up and- joffrey of bezos yeah exactly like it's not like a <laughs> my man hadn't hadn't got there yet so you know if if stuff moved people had to move with it and people did move around so you would always have like a lot of people kind of going back and forth and it's like we have whole ass peasants are once again revolting about the temperature of the work in his pigsties (laughs) (laughs) i mean i I think about this too because i i you talk about this stuff and people will will posit this idea of homogenous white europe all the way up until basically like post-world war ii Mm -hmm. whereas i've been recently doing a little bit of research about the history of of migration and in the south of France, in the border area of, of Italy, because I recently was in that area, and I just found it interesting that it's a super mixed area, right? Mm-hmm. And there were like race riots against the Italians in like the 1890s. Like the Sw- Swiss people love doing uh, that shit. Oh, literally, Marseille was like, "Hey, there's too many fucking Italians!" Like it, it, it literally got like so. The idea that it was ever homogenous, it just seems like it's it's the, the goalposts, like you said, Riley. The goalposts yeah. are always moving because it's always in service of this weird myth that no one can even find the founding text for, because that doesn't even. Exist. I found the founding I think the text mo- for the, it. The most oh. trash future thing is the Swiss Confederation having a race riot against different kinds of Italians at the same time. <laughs> I thought I always thought that the race riot was a mass scale of that episode of The Sopranos where Meadow starts da- where Meadow starts dating a mixed race guy <laughs> and Tony is like, Look, we yeah, with mi- our mixed own, race, okay? except he's just a Savoyard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. I, we actually do know what the foundational text for this is, and I'll give you a hint. It's not a history text, and it comes from the 20th century. And you this is Tolkien, so... Yeah, yeah. It, oh, ding, Alice, ding, ding. you've guessed it. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. You know, like he, was, he was actually a medieval historian, so he's got a lot to answer mm-hmm. for. So here is the one uh, pit of an article I'm reading from this, in this episode that is from a good article. Uh, and it's by by Shiloh Carroll, and it's called Race in a Song of Ice and Fire, Medievalism Posing as Authenticity. And I think this really hits the nail on the head. Uh, uh, Shiloh begins. Tolkien's portrayal of the pseudo-medieval world of Middle of Middle Middle Earth strongly influenced subsequent fantasy literature, which by proxy has had a significant impact on the broader public understanding of the Middle Ages as they actually occurred. This is the beginning of what has, in studies of fantasy fandoms, been described as a feedback loop. In the feedback loop, readers are exposed to an, a medievalist, so white like the mm-hmm. white male nationalist uh, version of the Middle Ages through fantasy writing. They then come to believe that this medievalist version is the accurate portrayal of the Middle Ages because it feels true, but only because it's familiar. Having done that, people then insist that this version of the Middle Ages in in future literature because it's accurate. Uh, round and round it goes, and eventually all fantasy versions of the Middle Ages more or less look the same, even if they're set in the real world. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is absolutely Damn. the case. And... It's how I somehow get sucked into arguments with uh, extremely online people. Not that I'm not extremely online. The but elves were white. I know, and, it's, and, and, the, and it, you know, I will literally get in arguments with people about these things. And it's like these these people will argue with me in honest to God medieval historian where I'm like, that is not actually the case. And they'll go, nuh-uh. And I'm like, but where, where are you getting your facts, bro? And they will they don't actually have an answer. It's just that they're really big Tolkien nerds or, you know, they read, you know, the lion, the rich and the wardrobe or, you know, any number of things. I mean, you could really kind of like, and just throw a dart at any collection of fantasy books. And it's got this kind of white 
homogenous, boring kind of medieval period. And well, it, it comes to gaming. It's like medieval a lot of, like, Britain had no brown people. It only had white people, centaurs, and occasional lions <laughs> who were also Jesus somehow. Also, well, my it wife, was my great wife, my wife exceptional. Just, just complain about this because people will, will try to defend, uh, especially in the early seasons of um, of Game of Thrones, having zero non-white characters. And they'll, they'll try to argue like, oh, it's supposed to be like medieval, medieval England. And the response is, yes, but there's fucking dragons in That's this like- show. So you're saying like <laughs> dragons are within the realm of the possible, but black people aren't. Well, also, even if even if you go that far, like. There were there were brown people. I know. There were they existed. There were. And, but I mean, it, it, this and this kind of like feeds into the narrative and the idea that um, you know medieval people are really stupid. They don't know how to move around. They don't know how to do all these things. It's like, well, sure, brown people existed, but everyone was so dumb they couldn't figure out how to walk and you know like end up different places. And that is, so it's this feedback loop of like, well, of course it's only white people. Yep. No one was like smart enough to do I hate anything. I want to get kicked out of my council village because they're trying to house Mansa Musa. <laughs> <laughs> You've been playing too much civilization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like playing a game of civilization mm, yeah. and yeah, then being like, yeah. well, that's history. Video game reference per video game that one of us plays. So we're briefly a civilization podcast, and then Riley plays The Witcher, and we're a Witcher podcast. <laughs> I, I just was thinking of the idea of like a civilization this sort podcast of version. It's just stuff Riley likes. That's what you need to accept. Yeah. <laughs> like the m- m- medieval Brexit where they force themselves out of the Hanseatic League so they can have chlorinated guinea fowl. <laughs> 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 um, but I think one of the one of the things, right, like that I kind of bringing bringing this all together, mm. um, because if we want to look at where this version of our history came from, um, whether and that's the history of Europe, European peoples, whatever, where this history came from, it's not the actual study of history. It's not any kind of archaeological evidence. It's not any kind of textual evidence. It is a Victorian fantasy about the about unique. English and to a lesser extent European greatness that was there to justify colonialism. Well, fucking and Churchill that, got in on it with a, a history of the English-speaking peoples, and that and then that jumped over in the 1960s to the conservative movement, which was there to more or less react against social opening, the civil rights movement and the feminist movement. And then it just became set in stone. And then it became riffed on in fantasy and taught in class. And all of a sudden, historical accuracy is about comfortable stories rather than anything complex because it has to be simple. It's, it, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the, the famously the French education system up until relatively recently made children basically, regardless of where you were in the French empire, read about our Gallic ancestors, like nos ancestres les Gaulois. Like it was basically, you could be in, in, in French Guiana and they were like, yes, your Gallic ancestors who, you know, fought the Romans because it was this idea that the mm. only, the only part of the country's history that mattered from that era were asterisk and obelix, which is about as historically <laughs> accurate as the shit they were fucking teaching them. And so, Everything else yes, is disregarded. Our and it's ancestors, like, uh, we say in this incredibly Latinate language, we're definitely <laughs> all completely descended from the Gauls. Yeah, I mean, it's it. The thing is about all of this is fundamentally what it is. Is it's a belief system, and the reason that you have to argue with people, and the reason that it is so deeply ingrained in our society is it's a belief system, and it feels right. So you know, if I say, "Oh, that's not right," uh, hey, it's breaking to you. We didn't invent black people in the modern period. You know, something like that. Then people are like, "Well, no," but I don't believe that. So you're actually arguing with them on a faith-based level, mm-hmm. which makes it really, really difficult. It's not something that you can actually really refute in a number of ways because they don't want to read the long paper. They're too busy coding and they just yeah. don't want like, you know, and, you know, in uh, like uh, what's this lady doing trying to tell them, you know, that uh, whatever. And she I, should be a trad. I, 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 I should be a trad. 
I, I was wondering. I got my AI, my AI to read the evidence, and it told me that actually black people were invented in 1967 by Sir Arthur Black People at the Kellogg Research Institute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, trained my AI to read to read 1,000 hours of fantasy books. This is uh, the medieval history <laughs> yeah, it came just, up with. Uh, yeah. there's, there's, there's no there's no cogent analysis of race. It's just really horny all the time. <laughs> mm. I was wondering if you've encountered. Have you been reading my blog? Have, have you encountered uh, people within? academia within like the like the discipline of history who've tried to i don't know push back like the sort of like like alt-right historian shit has there been any sort of even like entry into that yeah i mean so there there are some unfortunately um there are some people who are racist (laughs) hey um, i mean of course of of course there are because our whole society is racist um the good news about this is that they are perishingly few and the majority of us are kind of like lined up to fight this but um it's especially medieval history has been really radicalized lately and i mean the good news is i think that there's more people on the correct side of things uh which is kind of pushing for um a real medieval history uh where we admit that uh, women and black people existed and uh that gays are a thing um as opposed to the other one which is like no la 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 can't hear yeah. you but i can't I'm- hear you o- over all of my charging nights <laughs> exactly and <laughs> unfortunately you know it's a, a lot of it's coming out of uh the university of chicago at the minute, we have some bad things, and you know there. The are- University of Chicago doing bad, bad things. things. I know. It never oh. produced a it never produced a harmful research paradigm. And I mean, there are uh, this new uh, University of Chicago paper. The knights weren't gay; they were just really good friends. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I mean, a lot of it is extremely us just sitting around being like retire, bitch, at people, and like, it is sort of helping. But um, so the wizard I, I, Milton oh. of Friedman <laughs> have gone I, I, to I the. No, guys, the- it sounds kind of sus calling ourselves the Chicago boys. <laughs> Let me say, the, the wizard Sir Milton of Friedman hath descended to a, to a kingdom far away of its deep south where he shall <laughs> learn, where he, he shall by by invoking magic numbers could bring unparalleled prosperity to the land. And it's like... <laughs> Only we do human sacrifices out of um, flying chariots just... of, of communards. I mean, I feel like the the issue is like, and of course, like we're, we're this weird flashpoint and it's really strange to be this weird flashpoint because on one hand, like five years ago, no one cared about us. And, mm-hmm. you know, you'd say, oh, I do. I'm a medieval historian and people would just go, oh, dark ages you know and that yeah. would be it and now it's sort of like people are like well, what about all those nazis and i'm like a great great question i mean but i guess that we're just kind of like uh you can't move for nazis anymore so yeah. it's no surprise that it's happening to Me- us but medieval I think- nazis i hate medieval nazis <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're like since you mentioned radicalizing the field i just pictured like hildegard von bingen with the antifa mask <laughs> uh, yeah my bitch would extremely throw down she's on the right side you know mm. and she would like come up with um she'd like write a weird like space opera about it and like uh, give you a face mask That's... as well because self-care is important like you know my girl had it all mm. so, but she, was, she was um an, an original instagram influencer she was the caroline calloway of the medieval Hot period girl summer but it's the summer of like i don't know 1180 I mean, uh, the bitch was hot. She, I mean, and and Lady quite gay. Caroline of Calloway is inviting many serfs to her hundreds courts <laughs> to enjoy an afternoon of the creative inspiration for making illuminated manuscripts. <laughs> she promised to make each, make each of them a hearty gruel, but has discovered that producing such a vast quantity of gruel is too challenging. This Sorry, is going to be I a should now ask them to bring this. their own. Sorry, Eleanor. I'm, should... I'm disgusted that I know what you're talking about. Uh, That's what's really sad. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just over here trying to connect Marianne Williamson and uh, Julian of Norwich. Um, oh. 
Okay, wait. You know, well, Julian of Norwich was famously on a kind of God-based diet. Mm. You know, so it's like yeah. if you just give it all up to yeah. the Lord and no, right, just simply be walled into a closet accounts. and yeah. have all your meals through it, you'll the weight gain. Which is I mean, absolutely my shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, Eleanor, I, I, I'm going to admit something to you now. Yes. Uh, having you on was largely an excuse for us to engage in our favorite bit, uh, describing modern stuff in medieval language, such as, <laughs> such as uh, Sir Jeff Roy of Epstein. So this has been a transparent front for that. I mean, act like I don't listen. You However. Know? I know what this is. <laughs> I knew what this was. Um, and and so- I did it anyway, because I'm that desperate for people to pay attention to medieval history. <laughs> However, I think... I think as part of our grand, our, our grand scheme to do um, uh, Lady Caroline of Calloway bits and so on, we also may have taught a few people a few fun things about a history most medieval. So, uh, and I think it also about does it on time for us today. So that uh, it only leaves me to Eleanor. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Um, and to all of our listeners, uh Sorry if a major news event happened and you're wondering why we're not talking about it. <laughs> this, Look. this was recorded on the same day as last week's uh, free episode. So if medieval history substantively changed in the last week, sorry. And if you're expecting us to cover something, we'll probably do it on the bonus. Um, I hate it when we jinx the world into discovering the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> um, otherwise, we found Richard III's body again? <laughs> Um, Double ooh. trouble. Ooh. So uh, I wonder what it'd be like with two kings. Oh yeah. So um, uh, also we've already done uh, the Birmingham Transformed at Edinburgh live shows yes, by the time this is coming out. Were wonderful. And also, however, yeah. we still have a live show coming up. It is going to be at the World Transformed in Brighton, uh, which is the big, big, big lefty event in the country. So do please get your tickets to that because it will be an exciting um, cavalcade of fun and enjoyment yeah. and occasional podcasts at least one which is us so do come to that in also, conclusion so libya is I'm a land of contrast <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's also, still i'm at the edinburgh fringe every day until the 25th of august that's my last day except the 12th so don't come on the 12th that will be before this episode comes out actually so don't worry about it um but yeah if you came on the 12th sorry <laughs> Sorry if you came on the 12th. Um, my apologies. Um, but yeah, my show is called Pindos. It's on at 2 o'clock every day at uh, Just the Tonic at the Charterist Centre, which is on Pleasance, near the Pleasance Courtyard. It's been really fun so far, but I do need more people to come. Thank you to all the trash boys who've been in so far. You haven't gone unnoticed. It's, it's a diverse array of japes and comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, at the time of recording, we have shirts left in size M and L. So if you're an ML, then buy one of our <laughs> ML shirts. Um, Dur- it's, I'm looking at you, Durham. Uh, otherwise, is there anything left uh, no, to I think plug? We've covered it, man. There ain't. Okay. Uh, well, you know, follow follow Eleanor online. Check out her blog, Going Medieval. It's very fun, if a little bit horny. Yeah, there's um, a lot. There's a lot of dicks. There's a lot. The, the, the rave reviews are in, people. There's a lot of dicks. Anyway, until <laughs> next week. <laughs>